Hello and welcome to episode four of the Skin and Wellness Podcast. I'm Nuala Wolf. Today I'm going to be joined by Adele O'Doherty, nutritional therapist and functional medicine practitioner. We're going to be discussing New Year's resolutions and how you can best achieve them. Hi Adele, thank you very much for coming in today. New Year's resolutions. There is so much guilt and everything that goes along with mm-hmm. New Year's resolutions. How can we kind of break that down to help people to actually stick with the New Year's resolutions? I suppose the key is not to kind of plan for or expect too much of ourselves. Mm. Yeah, Happy New Year, Nuala. Thank you very much. <laughs> happy New Year to, to, the, to the listeners. Um, yeah, New Year's resolutions, they're just a, a stressor on top of all the other stressors, really, aren't they? Um, I would say typical New Year's resolutions normally set you up for failure because... You know, we always aim too high um, and we aim to do it in too short a period and we're putting ourselves under pressure immediately. So, yeah, first of all, I'd say start small, start small, you know, break your goal. Look at the big goal. Absolutely. You know, and it's a very positive thing to have a big goal, but try and break it down into smaller steps um, that are achievable for you over the course of a year. You know, give yourself a realistic time frame for achieving the goal. So it's a bit like the TV programme this time next year. Yes. I think it's actually a really good thing to it actually is. have the end in sight. Yeah. In other words, where do I want to be in 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 three months, five months, six months? I think that's a really good place to be because it's easier to almost manifest it happening. Mm, exactly. And it very much depends on the goal. If the goal is a, a weight loss goal, pick something like including more vegetables in your diet. Mm. Try to avoid taking things out. Make the goals more about adding things in. I'm going to include more vegetables or I'm going to walk an extra half a mile a day. You know, simple things to do to get more movement into your day. If you're traveling on public transport, get off the bus or get off the train a stop earlier or two stops earlier and and walk a little bit further every day. Because I suppose time is something that everybody's short on. So people will say, I don't have the time to do it. But as you say, just hopping off the bus, giving yourself 10 minutes, because even Mm. that 10 minutes and grow it, because I would very often say to clients, walk out for 10 minutes and walk back. I mean, that's 20 minutes. You know, you just grow that every day and every week. And as you continue to grow it, people start to feel better about doing it. And it becomes part of a routine then for them. And acknowledge your achievements to yourself as well. Yeah. You know, if you do that extra 10 minutes, acknowledge that to yourself, that Mm. you've managed to achieve that. It it might seem small, but it's every tiny bit helps Mm. a little bit. Um, You know, being kind to yourself about your achievements is really, really important. You know, if you didn't achieve last year's resolution, don't be beating yourself up about it. You know, it's a new day. It's a new year. It's a new start. Mm. Um, And and try and be positive that that inner critic holds us back very often. So try and let go of the negativity and focus on the positive. And Um, having somebody to do it with is very often a very positive thing for lots of people to encourage them to achieve the goal. 100%. I completely agree. Mm. Asking for help is really important. Mm. Um, Very often declaring to people that you're trying to do something is really important. So your closest friends and your closest family know Mm. and kind of gather them in for support, ask them for help or join a group. You know, the success rate in in groups for achieving goals, any type of goal, Mm. whether it be weight loss or whether it be sea swimming. You know, Mm. if you want to learn how to swim 
properly in the sea or for whatever it is or running or anything. If you do it with a group, it gives you accountability mm. and it gives you a sense of camaraderie and support as well. So that's really, really important. I suppose that brings us nicely into the plan that we have for the new year for a kind of a weight loss routine for our clients mm. that they can actually come to you and have a consultation and then it could become a group of people who are like-minded and they can support each other and then they can come for weekly kind of check-ins because again, for lots of people that actually really works. Yes. Yeah, the support of like-minded people who are in a similar space to you is really, really important and Mm. it's really encouraging as well. Obviously, when we think about um, New Year, we automatically think of like detoxification, liver cleanses, um, changing our diet to kind of feel healthier. Some tips for people on how to actually put something like that in place. So I, I actually really hate the word detox because, what you know, for me and, you know, my, you know, my background is in chemistry. So detoxification for me is like a chemical reaction mm. <laughs> that happens. And, and nowadays when people say the word detox, it conjures up images of green smoothies. And I suppose some people argue as well that the body is very in tune in that it has the ability to detox. But obviously our bodies are exposed to so much now mm. that sometimes people do need a little bit of support. There's a lot of different things that come into that kind of cocktail of, of whether we're able to detoxify efficiently or not. So when we're when we're talking about detoxification, we're talking about the liver, essentially. Um, there's a couple of different ways. I mean, there's, there's the liver is the, the biggest detoxification organ. Um, and there's a couple of steps that things go through in the liver to be transformed from one form to another so we can remove them from the body. Um, and for those steps to happen, we have to supply the body with raw material. It, it needs the raw material for those chemical reactions. And we get that raw material from food, mm. essentially. Um, you know, we get it from leafy green vegetables. We get it from meats and nuts, natural foods, meats, nuts, seeds, Um particular foods that are really supportive of liver detoxification would be cruciferous vegetables. So Brussels sprouts, which is very useful at Christmas time and in the new year, mm-hmm. um, cabbage, cauliflower, um, allium vegetables. So things like onions and leeks and garlic, they're very supportive of the liver's detoxification pathways. And then everything that's colourful is really, really rich in antioxidants. So that allows us to um, process them through the body more easily. And just to explain a little bit to people as well as to how the liver does actually detoxify. So there's uh, phase one and phase two detoxification that happens in the liver. So phase one, um, we call it kind of activation. So it's almost like burning. So the products of phase one detoxification are um, active. Um, I'm sure people have heard of free radicals Mm. and free radical damage. So those intermediate products between phase one and two are active. Mm. And if they hang around in the body for a long time, they can really damage our cells and cause a lot of trouble, cause havoc. So we need phase two to kick in quite quickly. And there's all these different processes like methylation and, you know, all these chemical processes that happen in phase two. Mm. And we have to provide the body with the nutrients to allow phase two to happen. So, for example, for methylation, the example I just gave there, we need folate, we need vitamin B12, we need vitamin B6 for that to happen. And if the vitamin levels are low, obviously, then that's going to impact yeah, the so body. you'll get those free radicals yeah. um, hanging around in the system for longer than they should. And the symptoms of that 
is going to be a sluggish bowel, obviously, to begin with, probably sluggish digestive system. Well, with free radical damage, you, you, it can... And, yeah, but the process of when the, the, when the, the um, liver isn't functioning properly. When the liver's not functioning properly, yeah, you'll get headaches, you'll feel nauseous. Actually, one of the biggest indicators is if you get car sick. Okay. That's a real indicator that your liver needs support. That's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So herbs that will help with a liver detoxification. There's an awful lot of supplements, but the, that would support the liver. Um, the one that I recommend a, a lot of the time is uh, broccoli sprouts. So okay. concentrated broccoli sprouts because they contain uh, a compound called diindolmethane, mm. DIM, mm. which is really supportive of the, the whole process of detoxification in the liver. So broccoli sprouts would be very helpful. It's really interesting from a skin perspective, somebody who has acne or skin conditions, that's really recommended to help with detoxification, detoxification. which yeah. invariably helps the skin as well, mm. particularly that acne skin type. The skin is a, an organ of detoxification mm. as well. So if the liver becomes overloaded, the toxins have to get out somehow. So they come out through the skin. Skin, yeah. And also the gut. <laughs> okay, okay. So that's dealing with um, liver detoxification. But moving that on a little bit further then to kind of help with weight loss. Um, I would recommend to people the best thing you can do for yourself in January is get a full MOT. Okay. Get a full MOT. Uh, go to your GP, get a full set of bloods done. Go and see your nutritionist, dietitian, whoever it is that you want to go and see for your food and lifestyle advice. And um, also psychological, you know, go to your therapist or your coach or whoever it is that helps you lay out your plans for the year mm. um, and get clear on those things first. Um I, I would be very strong believer and I know you are too in preventative health. Mm -hmm. So having your bloods checked regularly allows you to keep on top of all yeah, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and when you, ha when you have that awareness and when you have all that information, then it makes it really easy for mm. you to set those goals and targets for yourself. Because you're starting at a good point. But you have, I don't know, a vitamin D measurement or you have a B12 measurement and mm. you say, OK, my goal is that I need my B12 to come back into range. And in order to do that, I need to eat the foods that are mm. rich in B12 and I need to be able to digest and absorb them properly. And and that's why the, your diversity and food types is really important. Really so you're getting important. the nutrients because you want to try and get as much of the nutrients from your food rather than having to be taking supplements. Exactly. Exactly. Because the supplements do support, but I think food is very important and the quality of the food that you're eating is really important as well. Yes, especially if you're talking about toxicity and mm. and toxins, where you're sourcing your food from and whether it's organic or not and how it was processed and stored is really important. And again, I think fluids is really important as well for liver health, for helping to flush out. So at this time of the year, some people don't necessarily dry, like drinking water. So herbal teas and particularly mm. if they're decent quality herbal teas, because at least you're getting some properties of herbs from the teas as well. And I think they're warming. And things like fresh ginger, freshly grated ginger is a really nice herbal tea at this time of the year, yeah. which is beneficial for gut health as well. Green tea is green yeah. tea is really supportive of methylation processes okay. in the body. It contains a component called ECGC, which is really supportive of that liver process, that phase two liver process of methylation. And do you have any recommendation on green tea? Because I know some green teas can have a higher metal 
Content. Content than others. Than yeah. others, yeah. I mean, you, you really have to try and get it as naturally. Mm. I, I suppose I a matcha tea is probably a good starting point. And jasmine green tea. Okay, like which good, is actually very nice. Jasmine yeah. green tea is mm. really nice. But if you can buy the, the proper tea rather than mm. buying it in bags in a box from the yeah. supermarket. Yeah, I would totally. Because at least you're getting the actual herbs. Yeah. As opposed to the powder from the herb. Yeah, which and, I and think brew is, it yourself. Yeah. yeah. And again, you can just add hot water to that and continue to drink if you've made a pot of it. So you can continue to drink it throughout the day. So it's very warming and very nurturing. Mm. And you're getting the antioxidant properties of the green tea as well, which is also very beneficial. It's absolutely. Yeah. What are the next wonderful tips that you can add? You were saying there, you know, about weight loss goals and, and things. Weight loss for me is is a is such a it's such a big goal that is supported by so many other kind of individual mm. goals. Um, and I always try to get people to to look at their other lifestyle factors, um, you know, starting usually with sleep and mm. um, making sure you're getting seven to nine hours of sleep and, and focus on that for a while and make sure that you, your sleep is regulated and you're getting to sleep properly um, and exercise, making sure you're getting some movement. It doesn't have to be exercise, but some movement in your day a couple of times a day, small little achievable goals. Mm. Um, and then the other one is stress management. So if you can get those three yeah. lifestyle factors kind of working in harmony, you'll quite often find that the weight starts to come off naturally yeah. anyway. It takes a little bit of time, like it hasn't crept up overnight, so it takes time. So I think people need to be realistic in giving themselves time. Uh, we read an awful lot about the benefits of fasting. And I personally think fasting is actually very beneficial if you can find a window that works for you, that's not kind of raising your blood sugar levels, because for some people it doesn't work for them in the morning Mm. if they wait until kind of afternoon to have something to eat or mid-morning or whatever. So chat a little bit about the benefits of fasting. There's a lot of very different schools of thought Mm. on fasting. And I think if you go on the Internet and read about it, your brain would be bamboozled Mm. with all the different approaches. Um, And the most important thing to keep in mind is that everybody's different. So like you say, you do have to learn what works for you and Mm. personalise it to your your own needs. If you can start at all with the 12-12, you know, 12 hours of not eating Mm. and then a window of 12 hours where you start eating. To avoid the impact of the cortisol shooting up, you know, by, you know, going straight into an 18 hour fast, you will get a cortisol spike um, and that can be counterproductive for weight loss. So because when your cortisol goes up, it Mm. releases sugar into the bloodstream, into circulation. which then has a knock-on effect on your insulin sensitivity. So it's going to cause you to retain weight as opposed to lose weight. Exactly. So edging that window out ever Mm. so slightly by 30 minutes or an hour every week Mm. even Mm -hmm. to get to your goal. And it depends on the person and depends on the stage of life that Mm. you're in. When men begin fasting and institute fasting because of their hormone balance and their physiology, they can lose an awful lot of weight very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Women, particularly perimenopausal, menopausal women, it can be a bit tricky. Mm -hmm. So it can play a bit of havoc with the hormones. Um, So edging that window out slowly. um, We've found and the research has found like a 16 hour fasting window is about the right one. Um, for menopausal women. I think probably another aspect that we need to look at is modern day life. People eat more mm-hmm. than our ancestors would have eaten. You know, our ancestors probably had kind of breakfast, lunch and dinner 
or breakfast, dinner and, and supper, I think is kind of how most of them would have eaten. Mm. Whereas people are kind of permanently snacking. And I think that's very hard on our systems because I know over the years we've had Ayurvedic doctors working with us in the clinic and they would always argue that Irish people or probably Western people eat too much mm. and they're never giving their body a chance. So it causes the body to become more sluggish. So I don't think we need to be eating as much as and we need to be eating on on the hoof because I think that's unhealthy for us. So even stopping that can have a huge impact on people's health. Yeah, not eating as frequently mm. and not eating as much. The volumes of food that we eat are way too, way too high as well, but certainly not eating as frequently. When you do fast, when, when you stop eating, um, you know, there's a very natural process that happens mm. when the glucose supplies are depleted in the system and, and the body switches to alternative sources of fuel um, it switches to protein and it switches to fat. You know, it can make glucose from protein and it can burn fat for fuel. And, and that's what happens when people are in ketosis and that sort of thing. Um, but there's some wonderful processes that then kick in when you're fasting and you're in ketosis, um, like autophagy, where all of the dead cells, you know, get it's like power hosing essentially mm. for the body and for the brain. All of the dead cells get washed out and mm. removed. So it's a really positive thing that happens within the body when we're fasting. And, and a very important thing. We are, you know, historically designed to be able to cope with that, you know, periods of feast and periods of mm. famine. I suppose, unfortunately, though, for lots of people, there's still the memory of the famine. So it kind of almost makes people mm. feel that they are afraid not to eat because mm. at some point we were being starved. But I don't think that's ever going to happen in this day and age. And, and you know, genetically, a lot of us are programmed because of the famine mm. to hold on to excess calories really yeah. efficiently Yeah, absolutely. because food was so sparse. And again, when you talk about autophagy, that's really important as well in relation to brain health and sleep. Yes. Because if we're missing those earlier periods of the night of getting proper restful, deep sleep. Deep sleep. Mm. And again, there has so much been written about that, that some people, you know, max, we only get two, three hours of deep sleep. Mm. You know, if we're missing out on that, you know, it has a huge impact on memory, a huge impact on health and stress and how we feel. And energy, obviously, is a big, big thing as well. We go through sleep cycles through the night um, where we go through deep sleep, REM sleep and then light sleep. They usually last between 60 and 90 minutes each and, and we repeat that. So the shorter window of time that you're sleeping, the fewer cycles you get. But what happens with the repeated cycles is the proportion that's dedicated to deep sleep gets shorter the later in the night. So, you know, if you've got fewer of the cycles, then you get an awful lot less of the deep sleep and okay. more of the lighter sleep. So obviously all of this is really important as well in relation to kind of setting yourself up to be successful in relation to health and wellness and weight loss in the new year. Mm. So you want to kind of start from a good base. So you need to get all of those things sorted first mm. before you're going to be really successful in relation to becoming healthier. So yeah. getting into a good sleep pattern is really important. You know, making sure that the bedroom is, you know, not too hot that, again, it's comfortable and it's basically for sleep, that you're not watching TV, you're not reading. Because, again, I would hear some clients saying that they sometimes read until three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I mean, they're lying in bed, but they're reading and then they're exhausted when they get up because you need something to take over from that. So very often food is something that you're going to be drawn towards to kind of make you feel healthier again. And your sleep has a rhythm again. And I'm sure people will be aware of this, that you, you can go into this phase where you're feeling really, really tired and you feel mm. like you're ready for sleep and then you don't go to bed and then you wake up and then you can't go to sleep. And I think that becomes a bad habit. Tuning into that signal 
is is really important that this is the time when I'm ready to go to sleep. So I really need to be in bed at that time. And I think it's really good to kind of get into a regular pattern so that you're not going to bed at different times every night because Mm. I think that messes with your whole system as well. So getting to bed at a good time and also getting up at a regular time as well. Yes. Obviously, occasionally you can sleep in. Mm. But I think if you do that, I think that has a huge beneficial effect on... Regulates all of the other systems within the body. Yeah. Because again, I think People, when you look at people who do everything in kind of a routine, they typically, they don't carry the extra weight. Mm -hmm. They don't get tired. They don't get, they're less prone to getting sickness. They're less prone to that feeling of exhaustion. Mm. So I think it's really important to kind of get the routine into your life and try to follow it as much as possible. And I suppose basically try to put yourself first. Tuning into your body. Your body knows intrinsically, naturally what Mm. it needs. So tuning into those signals is really important. It's often a very good exercise at the beginning of a year. That's what I was saying about doing the MOT. Mm. If you get all of the information, gather it all up and sit down. With somebody. With someone Mm. and then sit down with it yourself and and kind of think, yeah, I kind of know. I kind of know the things I need to do. And it's interesting. Most people will start when you talk to them with that routine or or that conversation of I know what I should be doing. Mm. But I suppose that's human nature. You know, we can all be very good at knowing what to do, but it's doing it is the other thing. But then what they do is they try to do it all together at Mm. the one time. Mm. So plucking one thing out of there, which might be I need to go to bed 30 minutes earlier. Okay. And just do that for a month. And that's easy for anybody to do. And I think Mm. it's something that people could just make that decision for Mm. themselves today and say, okay, start from today instead of waiting until the new year. Because then it means when we come into Christmas, you're going to already start feeling much better. That's a real commitment to self-care. Absolutely. I'm going to go to bed 30 minutes earlier and take care of myself. And probably practicing a little bit of mindfulness or meditation as they get into bed. It's tricky for people to find the thing that suits them. I'm not a great meditator, I have to be honest. Uh, my mind is quite busy, but breathing mm. techniques really work for me. So mindful breathing. Um, I do alternate nostril breathing or buteco breathing. Mm-hmm. I find them really beneficial. Anything that kind of gets you out of your head and into your body. I think though with meditation, though, you don't have to spend a lot of time. Like it's oh, a bit no, like the exercise. Yeah. You know, some people have the perception that they have to actually spend, you know, 50 minutes doing exercise for it to be beneficial. Whereas, in fact, if you start with 10 minutes, that's better than nothing. Mm. You know, whereas I think with the meditation, like obviously the ideal is probably 20 minutes, 40 minutes. Mm. But I think even if you start with 10 minutes yeah. before you get out of bed in the morning, I think that's hugely beneficial. And there's a lot of research out there to prove that it has huge benefits for people. A lot of people do body scanning in bed. Mm. So, you know, starting at the tips of your toes and relaxing mm. each part of the body, muscle by muscle, through the backs of the legs, mm. through the tops of the legs, the back, you know, up the arms, up through the back of the neck and mindfully relaxing all of the muscles. And Brings then an awareness. Going back down. Yeah. Yeah, that brings an awareness to where you're holding the tension and where you might be keeping those aches and pains. And again, obviously, for lots of people as well, um, getting out of bed in the morning and doing some stretching is very beneficial because, again, we very often go from being quite stiff, sometimes from lying in the one position in bed. And as you get older, I think it's really important that you do actually do some stretching because I know um, some years ago I had this client. She was in her mid-70s, but she just was such a fit, agile woman. And she told me she didn't really do a massive amount of exercising, but she said every morning when she got out of bed, she stretched for probably 10 minutes. And she said she'd been doing it since she was a young person. 
and she did a little bit of walking, but you could see physically she was quite upright mm. because, again, we can get into a bad habit from sitting, working with computers and sitting, you know, leaning over. So I think doing some stretching in the morning is hugely beneficial for people. And, and movement through the day, just any form of movement, remembering to move away from your desk every 25, 30 minutes or so and just go up and down the stairs, mm. get a glass of water. And also movement in relation to the eyes. Mm, yeah, because you know, I think that's also very beneficial as well and to kind of they say if you stop every 20 minutes staring at the screen and look as far as you can possibly look to just to kind of stretch out the eyes because when we're staring at the screen very often you're not blinking mm, so lots of people mm-hmm. develop dry eyes as a result of staring at a computer for long periods of time and I think that's probably one of the things that lots of people would complain about when they sit at the computer yeah. so being aware of doing some stretching and being aware of your eyes, you know, it's a very good way to, I suppose, make your day a little bit easier as well. I would encourage people as well, if they can, when they're setting New Year's resolutions to make connection, 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 Mm. (laughs) because other people being connected to other people makes you do stuff, you know, so connecting with your community, connecting with your friends the happiest people, you know, make time to spend with other people. Mm. And helping other people as well, probably. Yeah. If you're volunteering or something like that. Yeah. It's very rewarding. And a lot of the other stuff that you thought might need resolutions becomes a little bit less important. I think happiness is key to everybody, isn't it? That's kind yeah. of what people are striving for. Mm. So I think the, the whole key thing to basically summarise everything we're talking about is to kind of set yourself up for success and to... I suppose lose the word diet because I think the word diet in itself isn't a very nice word. You know, put a new plan in place for a healthier you. And I think it goes back to planning for in six months time. This is where I want to be. Mm. Like when we talk about weight loss to clients, I would instead of kind of saying, you know, where do you you know measure yourself? What what measurements do you want to be? I would always say put on a skirt, put on a pair of trousers. They're a little bit tight. And your plan is to get yourself into those trousers. Yeah. So for me, body brushing, I think, is very beneficial because it's really good for lymphatic drainage. Mm-hmm. And once you stimulate lymphatic drainage, you can break down fatty deposits. And as we get older, we become sluggish. So daily body brushing just for literally a minute before you hop into the shower. And some people get so enthusiastic about it that they do it twice and three times a day. Mm-hmm. I think if you can do that, it's very beneficial because, again, as we get older, circulation starts to become impacted and our lymphatic system, because it doesn't have a pump, obviously that has can become more and more and more sluggish, making us more prone to fluid retention. Yeah. So and, you, and you're linking very nicely back mm. in there to the liver and what mm. we were talking about, because the toxins get yeah. dumped into yeah. the lymph mm. um, into our lymphatic system. So whatever doesn't go out through the feces and the urine yeah. gets dumped into the lymph and okay. we need that to move. So you need to exercise, you need to get moving. And, you know, I think once people start seeing the benefits, it encourages people to go to the next level and Mm. to keep striving to get better, because the key is you want this to become part of your lifestyle. You don't want to be back here again this time next year in January, looking to lose weight again, looking to become healthier again. You want it to become part of who you are. So... I think that's kind of covered most of the tips. Yeah. And that goes back really nicely to the small achievable changes, because if you implement a small change, Mm. it becomes part of your life. Yeah. And then you move on to the next one. Mm. Absolutely. So on that note, thank you very much, Adele. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you very much to everybody for listening. Don't forget to like and share our podcast and tell your friends about it. 
The Skin and Wellness Podcast will be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our website is nulawolf.ie. That's N-U-A-L-A-W-O-U-L-F-E dot I-E. I look forward to chatting to you again soon.